0: Down Chronicles, meet your maker. So yeah, so welcome to to the latest episode of uh, Lowdown's podcast series Media Maker. And with me today is uh, none other than Matthias Modica. Hello, Sven. Hello there. Great to have you here. Thank you for the invitation. Great you're back. Yeah. Uh, how's, How's life treating you now that COVID seems to be like yesterday's, yesterday's thing?
1: Till now, knock on wood, uh, me and also the whole label team is healthy, didn't get any
0: viruses. So yes,
1: yes, knock, knock, knock. And uh, if that stays like this, then we are happy that we served the Corona wave in a positive way.
0: Yeah. How 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 did you experience last year? Then basically like, it seems like that the whole music industry basically all of a sudden like came, came mm. to a stop.
1: I mean we, we run two labels basically and one is quite big and uh, the Teutonics label and uh, with that we used to do almost three to four big events uh, a month in all about Europe but one residency we had in Berlin at Griesmühle and uh, then we did parties in London, Paris, every, everything. Of course with Corona we had to cut that. And that was uh, a big loss because that's somehow the stage where people can feel what we do musically, where we can show, and uh, that was erased. But somehow we were quite lucky because people stream a lot when they stay at home. And it seems that a lot of the music that we release is not just for dancing, but people like to listen to that at home because
0: our streaming uh, rates went up like crazy. That's strange in a way, right? Because I mean, like your know, the music is especially on on Teutonics, like isn't necessarily designed for, you know, having like a proper listen in in your in your living room or whatever.
1: I mean, Teutonics is a label that started as a DJ label, as a True. dance label. Um, but in the last two three years, it made some new evolutions, and we're releasing actually 50% like song-based electronic music. It's always dance dancey, it's always discoish or housey or uh, but it has a much more listening factor than usual techno music. You know, our music is based on chords and melodies and harmonies, and so maybe that helps that people like to listen to that. So would
0: you say it's a, it's a new form of? contemporary pop, what are you doing? That's one of the ideas behind that. I mean, if you
1: go through the history of dance music, or no, sorry, if you go to the history of pop music, mm-hmm. you know that most pop music basically started as a dance music, you know, uh, rock and roll or waltz even, you go back 200 years, the pop music of the Vienna in the late 19th century. Was the waltz, which was a dance, you know, and, and the Charleston, the whatever. And so every form of pop music comes from a dance subculture, and that's what we're doing too. We're turning um, funky, very musical orientated house and disco music sometimes into a more popish and consumable thing. I mean, some of the tracks that come out, not only on my label, If you get the DJ version, it has to be like intros, outros, you know, six minutes, so you can mix Mm -hmm. it. But if you cut all that and you just keep the musical element, you know, then you, number one, you see if this is really music or if it's just a tool. We are in a tool city here. Berlin is a tool city because most dance music here is like tool based, Mm -hmm. which is not... uh, it's not about saying if it's good or bad, but that's the no, reality. No, no, no. And then uh, if you cut down a, a Nina Kravitz track, there's not much music basically because it works differently. So our music and the, the the scene that we are part of that's basically just growing and starting to exist because the label we do it used to be quite alone the last years, but now we see more and more labels coming out like this. So here we try to combine... The musicality of the people, most people producing for us, they play instruments, they mm-hmm. sing, they learn. They, they, yesterday we released a record of Athletic Whippet. They studied at Goldsmith College, one studied art, the other music production, they know they play instruments. And mm. So most of the people on our labels, they come from music, they know what music is in terms of playing chords, melodies, rhythms, history. And then they turn their knowledge into a dance track that sometimes, then in six-minute version, you have a, you know, you have a DJ tool. If you cut it down for Spotify, for example, mm-hmm. it becomes an in-between thing. That you, as you said it, it starts as a dance track, but it could become pop, and yeah. that's what we're aiming for.
0: But what you just mentioned, basically, like this, <clears throat> this kind of formula, um, like it seems to be that this this rings true from early Gomag days till the Teutonic days of now yeah basically like that it was always very essential for you like the the people you put out that um it's not tool music it's basically it's much more it's like musically rich yeah
1: yeah, I'm 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 a person who came into dance music, but I'm coming from I studied jazz piano. I come from a musician's family where every day you talk and you listen to the most craziest forms of music, from Stockhausen to to Wagner, from Art Blakey to like a very big cosmos. And if you ra- you 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 grow up like this with like a very big music cosmos, it's very difficult to concentrate on just one thing. You know, that is true. And, And the dance music world basically the last 25 years, because that was like now we are on the biggest peak of electronic dance music. But as you and me know, as we are a little bit older, not 20, we know where it started. In some bunkers in Berlin and Detroit, maybe, where some outsiders went and they didn't even know if they're going to survive that night. Yeah? Very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? But that was 30 years ago. Yeah. Now we are in 2020 and now the whole school class goes to a rave and the teacher comes with them, you know, which is a great thing also. But it arrived on a very big point so and me and my friends we're a little bit different because when something becomes like a law you know it becomes like an existing formula or too big then we get a bit bored you know then we want something new and so we're always looking about the stuff in between you know we're looking for the musician who's in between the scenes you know not the one who tries to jump on a existing Style or vibe. And with my old label Gomma, that already was happening. So we tried to make a label that was focused not just on music, but also on image, on, on uh, art, on doing magazines and exhibitions. And also the musicians were more in between, like whatever Peaches or James Murphy or yeah. Who Made Two or even the ramelsy that we produced. That was people right, who were in right. between. Yeah. Yeah? um and and that's that's something that is in my dna and the people working with me are sa- same there we want to change stuff we don't want to jump on something existing and to finish this with electronic dance music especially techno house whatever we are after 25 years in a point where you have all these existing styles and subgenres and It's easy. You just choose one. You can download the sounds to do a minimal techno track or a rave track or an EDM track. You can Mm. get this in two days. You have all the things, you download them, and then you can do a track in one of these popular Mm. styles and maybe make a career out of it. But for us, on Teutonics on Cryptox Mm. or on the old label GOMA, that was not what we aimed for. Yeah, We wanted to be the opposite, trying to find new things.
0: Yeah. And would you say that what you just mentioned about like your musical upbringing Um, you know like you you learned the jazz piano and stuff and um, back then with Goma even though it was a label that functioned a little bit differently but was still aiming for the dance floor but would you say like now with Cryptox that basically that you've come full circle in terms of you know like your, your own musical upbringing
1: yeah, for me personally, as you mentioned, I played piano and played in bands before getting into the DJ life. Uh, it's, a, it's a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a circle. I wouldn't have done that like 10 years ago, because 10 years ago, the jazz thing and the live music thing, it felt not right. So 10 years ago, it was... Why to... is that? What what, what changed? <laughs> uh, it's very difficult to say. It changed a lot of things. Maybe one of the reasons, uh, now in 2021, as we said before, electronic dance music is The thing, and not just since two years, but Mm. since 20 years, 80% don't take me by this number of the music people listen all over the world is electronic or it's techno house EDM Mm. or it's trap. And most hip-hop trap of our days is not the 90s traps looking for rare samples. Uh, wow, I found a rhino that nobody knows and mm-hmm. I can do something. And you have a syncopated, very Afro-American funky beat. But a lot of the trap you hear our days in Germany, in Romania, in Italy, whatever, every country has the biggest scene, is a bit more, is very electronic because mm-hmm. that's the thing. So. In 2021, let's say 80% of the music consumed is electronic. So me looking for something new thinks, okay, well, then the freshest thing is like fucking hell, five guys going in a room playing and mixing styles, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, not just me feels like this, but as you know, as a music journalist since three, four years in the UK, in the US, you have a huge new band revival
0: Definitely, un-
1: sure. Definitely, among the under 25-year-olds. Yeah? yeah, It didn't arrive to the charts, probably. I'm not looking at the charts, but I'm quite sure it's not there yet. But you see in all terms london the uk jazz thing it's massive it's big it's big Um, and uh, i mean i remember seeing an id magazine already two years ago they were doing a 20 page story i mean and somebody looking at these guys they don't look like jazz musicians Mm. you know Uh, they look like that's hip-hop that's good style and that's young and there's energy there Mm. and i see an energy in this new life thing that I saw in the electronic scene in the 90s when I was going to school and it was, wow, different and try out and do something different. Hey, so I, for me and for my people, and it seems a lot of in the UK, in America, but also in France, in Japan, you feel this. There's new bands coming up. There's looking, people looking to a combination of electronic and real playing. Mm-hmm. And one other theory, I mean, there's many, but one other theory is the most of the electronic music you can make this without having learned anything about music making.
0: But that's a fact, yeah.
1: That's a fact. A lot of the people doing electronic music, house, hip-hop, whatever, have a big talent and they create something beautiful and I loved it. But it's a different thing to produce a techno track. You download your things from machine or whatever. We are native instruments. Mm. Like we are in Berlin. This is the town where they produce a lot of these tools to make American EDM. That (laughs) yeah, it's here. But, um, so you don't have to learn anything. You don't need to know what is a Dreiklang, whatever is the English word. You don't need to mm. know what is a scale or why a note relates to another one, or what is a good singer and not, mm. or how to create emotion through harmonical chord progression. You don't need this because it's different. But now after 30 years, we are that's the massive thing. So maybe the fresh thing is doing music with some knowledge, yeah? If it is, that's like, we oh. can discuss about that. But somehow, you know, <laughs> looking to the other side of that, there's this playing together and being free
0: of doing music. Yeah, it's kind of this kind of interaction, which was really missing over yeah. the last years.
1: I mean, you, you're you a house, techno, whatever producer, it's a very solitaire thing. You stay at home with your laptop mm-hmm. or your MPC. Maybe you have a friend, but normally it's like a one person thing. Yeah. yeah. But the band is a band it's five people coming together jamming you don't know what's coming out the sounds can it's not yeah so so i think it feels well in 2021 to make music also in a group with other people and trying to build something instead of being alone at home or as a dj staying 20 yeah. meters over the
0: crowd <laughs> <laughs> would you would you say like with this kind of new scene and what you're doing like with the, with the cryptox label that this is specifically targeting like an audience, which let's say, like is our age, like which is, which has knowledge about music, which has knowledge knowledge about like um, electronic music and dance music, and is just like tired of, of the same old tools, or is it also targeting like a like a young audience which basically is used to this kind of what I call like pop cultural singularity, where everything is cool at the very same time that they don't differ anymore between. This is a pop track, this is a techno track, this is dub.
1: I mean, the second thing you said is very, very interesting, mm. yeah? especially for a 40-year-old guy, you know, <laughs> where you see fucking hell, it's all on the same time. It's not anymore in a... Yeah, And is this true that it's in the same time? Because it's very hard to see, you know, mm. because I think there's still trends and things that grow and things that disappear. But uh, what you say for the age is, um, I'm sure that somebody over 40 who has been doing all this electronic 20 years might think that's a great thing, that more and more people do something different, bring back some musicality. But there's to say that if you go to, to a lot of these new jazz concerts, for example, if you see some Ezra Collective or Shabaka, all these big jazz names mm-hmm. from the UK scene, or the, you go to a concert, I mean, most people are under 25. Yeah, That under. is true that is true. And I had a, I had a crazy, like that was for me, one of these moments I said, fucking hell, it's not just a theory, it's really happening. Mm. When I went like two years ago to see Faro Sanders at Festsaal Kreuzberg in Berlin. Pharaoh Sanders, 90 year old legend, but legend for people of a certain age because he didn't do like the collabo with the with kanye or something you know to reintroduce him now he did with i think fortech or something but you know what i mean uh, he, i go to this concert 70 percent were like young people mm. but people getting emotioned by that you know not like okay it's trendy i gotta go there hmm, getting oh let's get a beer it's a bit boring now no they yeah. were into that I went to see Shabaka here two years ago, three years at Jazz Fest Berlin. It was super, a lot of young people. Mm. It's very funny because you have a lot of under 25s and then you have these 20% over 50. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but both Mm. feeling that. Yeah. And we have been thinking a lot about this and talking a lot about what's happening here, you know? So I think that this demand for something different that every growing generation has. You know, it's still there, and maybe there is is like what I said before: that a lot of fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, twenty, twenty-five-year-olds they have been seeing electronic music with their older ones, and they grow up. They didn't see anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So if you are seventeen or twenty-five and you want something different, or you are more open-minded, you turn into things like jazz, rock, glam rock, psychedelic, whatever it is. Mm. You know, but that's a different thing, and. The other thing is that's very important, I think, for our times and a lot of people I'm, I'm preaching this a terrible world, but to like, to, to, to younger kids or whatever, it, there's a big difference. Everything is free. Yeah? It's so standard to say this. It's pathetic almost to say, hey, everything. But that is the big change. So you and me are over 40. We had to have a lot of money to get a little knowledge when we were 15. Because you had to go it fucking was really, record
0: store. It really time-consuming.
1: Time-consuming, expensive, yeah. and almost impossible. If you were living in a small city with a bad radio station, you didn't have a chance to get new music, to know that there's different styles mm. of things happening or getting into the history. Maybe you are lucky you listen to a great um, uh, old-school hip-hop track on your local radio in 1996, and maybe you're lucky and you can somehow research where this has come, you know. But today, you hear a great track, you go on Insta, you go on Spotify, three days later, you smoke some spliffs, you know everything what (laughs) other people have been learning in three years, no? You can go with no money, you can learn so much. And I think that a lot of kids Especially also in Corona times, Mm. they had so much time, time and possibilities to consume and to learn. So a lot of people are much more, have a much wider. Uh, knowledge even if they're very young and that makes them much more curious and that's what we are seeing on Cryptox. that a lot of people and only just we are very small with that label because we just started but seeing the concerts as we said or seeing festivals or looking online you know you realize oh interesting that's probably happening with these 20 year olds that for them they have been at home and they start to consume much more than the generations before so they want much more they're much more curious you know and they probably are getting much more bored that's a generalization
0: but that's that's the thing i mean like when in in the end it comes down to blind consumerism it's just like it's basically about the sheer quantity yeah and that you're able to to have access to it Mm. and i think it's, it's it's problematic in a way like that there is no real um context so to speak you know like that it's just you know it's just something to consume it's like not necessarily something which you have discussions about mm-hmm. that's, that's what I experience when it comes to to the, to the young lads and stuff ah. lads. <laughs> <laughs> but but what but, but, but you also said like would you say that it also helped this this kind of like new enthusiasm for for these kind of life things and stuff that you know for many years jazz almost was like a like a dirty word, so to speak. And now it's like, it's very open, as it should be, yeah. you know, as the music suggests. Um, and also what, what um, happened here in Berlin with the with the X-Jazz Festival, for example, yeah. you know, it also, when this direction that they showed, jazz is not this kind of fixed box, it's, it can basically expand in any direction possible. Do you think that this now also came into the the, the, the conscious mind, so to speak? Yeah, I, I don't know how a 15-year-old person
1: reacts to the word jazz today mm. um, because everything what you said is probably more the older generations that had really probably. a stinky uh, image. Me too. Like, it become like an old man's Sunday afternoon thing. Mm. But, I mean, I use the word jazz and we all use it maybe a little bit different because... Like, if you would ask, whatever, Miles Davis, he hated that word. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the original, uh, from all the level stage, didn't really like the term, because basically what they said, we are making music, Afro-American music, or music based on certain rhythms, based on certain harmonical changes, based on certain phrasing, based on dynamics. So for me, also using the word jazz means more like it's about bands, it's about open-mindedness it's about innovation improvisation in about trying to find something new based on special harmonic and rhythms you know which are quite contrary to the quantized electronic music that is you know very static i mean that's true yeah it's very static it's very we are in berlin that's like very marching here it's Mm. prussian country you know that's Mm probably there's connections too you know <laughs> the jazz thing is is a it's it's for me and for all of us it's more about like you taking a word we could have taken the word psychedelic or whatever you know it's like about these different things making trying to be open not following a path but and playing together and brings different shades of of life or life and electronic mm. combinations and, and, and stuff. That's the, that's the word. And I think as answering your questions, the younger generation probably don't even know about what could be the old jazz.
0: Probably not, yeah? yeah.
1: They just think, oh, cool new word, oh, cool new image and interesting new music and fire because what the big new jazz, guys, that's fucking emotion, like mm. real emotion. Yeah. It's not... Uh, it's easy to create emotion with a pill, eh?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. But you come to a good band, you know, the emotion get created by harmonies, by 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 a certain kind of phrasing, by, by the way a bass player plays with a drummer in a homogen way and creates like a vibe and the chords bring you somewhere and and like Pharrell said it Pharrell gave a great interview a year ago with Rick Rubin saying like he's waiting for the harm chord progression for that chord progression that opens his mind I don't know exactly how he describes it but that's Like, if you're a musician, you know about these differences. It's difficult not to go too specific. But I think that's more what young people might feel. If you go to these jazz festivals of today and you see 20-year-old people going crazy, I think they don't think about what means jazz, you know. They just see there is something different in the air, and it's Mm. inclusive, and it's driving you somewhere. And it's not programmable, you know. You go to a... Sisyphus party, whatever, you know more or less the music you hear at 11 and you know already what's gonna be there at mm. 3 and at 5, you know? You go to good jazz festivals, you go without really knowing what's gonna happen and where it's gonna bring you. And I think this is the modern and the interesting thing, not just for me and for us, but probably also for the upgrowing generation.
0: Yeah. Would you say it almost feels like, now that you, that you stated all these things about, like, you know, what you, what you feel about, like, this kind of new jazz scene, um, what you're trying to do, like with Toy Tonics and with Cryptox, Um Also mentioning that basically Berlin is the capital of tool music. Um, I, I, are you here on a, on a, on a missionary <laughs> no level? Or well, why, but what was the main reason? Because you, you arrived at a point to Berlin, where many people already turned their back to the city.
1: Where many people already turned their back of yeah, the uh, to
0: the city? To the city. they already like... You know, they've, they've been there yeah. like 10 years earlier, so to speak, and then left because, you know, for them, it's, uh, it's not as good as the old days anymore. I know exactly what you mean, because uh-uh. I
1: know so many people who came <laughs> here and they left. <laughs> Probably many are for healthy reasons. Or, Could be. Yeah, Could be. And many did that thing. I mean, I'm not on a mission. And we all, we have to say, we are four people at the label, on the labels and doing all the stuff. Uh, and it's not just me alone. But we're not on a mission. Our mission is to do what we feel and what we think is great. And we are very, very lucky because everything we started the last three, four years, somehow it it gets people like it, you Mm -hmm. know, and we can live from it and we can grow. (coughs) So the mission becomes automatically, once you start to do stuff and they work, and so you repeat them and you, you know, expand them. But I'm not an mission to anybody. Everybody can do whatever he wants. Mm. I'm happy if they like what we are doing <laughs> <laughs> and not. But to answer your question with the people who went away from Berlin, I mean, Berlin was the capital for the last 15 years of the worldwide techno movement. yeah, Many people moved here for that reason. Many people moved later to copy that, what the DJs before were doing. So mm-hmm. that's how I, I, the sound of a city grows. Uh, I mean, Seattle with grunge and hardcore, uh, Bristol with uh, trip hop, uh, don't judge me for the <laughs> <laughs>
0: I certainly not will. Everybody, not everybody <laughs> knows,
1: gets the joke. Yeah, but you know, um, this is a pop music phenomena That is a pop music phenomena That cities be- get a certain sound and they grow, and other people move to the city because they love that vibe, and mm. they they grow, make it grow till to a point where, or it f- falls apart, yeah, you know, it gets old, or it moves, turns into something else. So, for, in my little view, Berlin. Since I'm a thinking person, let's say like this. So I, I, I didn't grow up here. We are in Berlin. Here I'm mm-hmm. living here since six or seven years, but I'm not from here. Been here since I left school. I come here to DJ in yeah. the late '90s. And I did the different phases, and I saw that this town also has had different phases in the last thirty years. Mm-hmm starting with maybe even going back before we were born in the 80s or whatever, there already was a very important music scene in Berlin that was totally different of what's happening now. Sure. Then, for me, that was very inspirationally much more than the last 15 years, because me personally, I don't find a lot of inspirating things in the last 15 years on the electronic music scene. But I'm really inspired by the late 90s till the 2010, 2008 time, Mm. when labels like Kitty Yo... Yeah, that's were dominating a good example. the scene. Yeah. Yeah? When clubs like Scala and Rio that most people that listen to this podcast won't know, but that was like really the, 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 the first moment, and it was very open. Yeah? People yeah, was- came to town, Peaches, Gonzalez, Taylor Seivi, a lot of people came to town because they wanted to be different and they brought something different to town and created something very unique. Hmm. Yeah? And that was like the DNA of the town, I think, in my view. Between two t- when I started to think and DJ and stopped school, late 90s till 2010, and then it turned into this techno city, which is great because it became a big thing and it's radical or it used to be radical and it's interesting, and it's the normal way of a music city. Yeah? It, it becomes like, but the problem a little bit was that many other things went to the site. Hmm. And even it created a tourism I and mean, like that's all for people who are living here, they live with that black dressed groups, <laughs> <laughs> you know buying the clothes one week before they come to Berlin, you know? <laughs> not getting a hotel so they can look very tired when they come home and tell their friends how hard it was. You know? <laughs> I'm making jokes, but I'm, I did the same. You know? yeah, sure. I had my, we all had our hardcore techno lifestyle. But by now, that was the last 10-12 years where this was the dominating thing, and it became more and more dominating. And at the end, people thought, okay, there's only that music here. It's not the reality. This is a musician's town. The last ten years, so many musicians from all kinds of scenes and worlds and countries came here. Just the dominating techno thing was a little bit hiding the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? But for me, asking the, for music as a music lover, as a music passionate, I can't. I wake up, I listen to music, I go to night, at night and I want to listen to new stuff every day. I, yeah. You know, so that was a little bit one-dimensional. You know. And um, so I'm not on a mission to change this, but I felt five years ago that this time is passing by and there's new times coming in this Mm -hmm. town. Also because I had so many friends starting to move to Berlin while others were leaving. Yeah. And the people who were starting to move were the somehow interesting people because more like, oh, let's go and see what we can do and who we meet to mm. make something new. Huh? We can experimentate in this town because it's cheap. and, and so. so I think that probably three, four, five years ago, it started to get another vibe and that vibe is getting bigger and bigger. And that vibe is the, like, let's call it the individualism vibe or mm. the originality vibe and not the, I want to go there because I want to dance in the famous clubs too that music that I'm listening at home already I got you know (laughs) it's a different thing and I think living in Neukölln doing the Cryptox thing, doing the Teutonics thing, meeting so many people every day. Somebody wants to meet, comes to town. Hey, do you know this guy? Hey, there's this. Hey, did you see this new Keller where they're doing this kind of parties? Did you see what they're doing? here? There's so much different things happening. And I think this is increasing. And I think this mm-hmm. is getting much bigger. And I think the, for me personally, the more interesting people are now in, in Berlin. Then maybe in 2010. You
0: know? All right. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah? But of course, it's a big town, you know, that's my little universe and I might be wrong and I might have met the wrong people. <laughs> but <laughs> now I have to say it's a great moment because it's like, yeah, it's more wild.
0: What you just described about what you find here in Berlin in terms of music and the musicians, was that uh, one of the main reasons why you, why you left Munich? Because the vibe there wasn't uh, the same anymore in terms of the, the creative scene? Uh, no, I
1: was I grew up in Munich since I was seven or eight, and uh, but I'm half Italian. I used to my parents used to live in Italy, and I left Munich I think 14 years ago. I went to live in Marseille in South I, France. The, the Marseille chapter, yeah. exactly. I went. I was very tired of uh, everything, and I uh, had a lot of friends. So my girlfriend in Marseille, and I went out and, and I said, left. Lived in Marseille before coming to Berlin but uh, munich is a special town it's oh, uh, especially in germany people like to speak bad about the town yeah but it's uh, i don't i'm not here to defend munich but we have to say munich is was actually the most creative town for many many years in Germany. Mm. Yeah? What Berlin is now used to be Munich in the seventies when, sure. uh, when uh, whatever um, Freddie Mercury was living there, where mm. the biggest gay scene in Europe they say was in Munich, you not know, some Berlin. Where the the wildest anarchic thoughts and thinkers were in Munich, and that was in the seventies with all the also the film scene, Fassbinder, mm. Eichinger, a lot of the big film things mm. were mm. happening. In music, the radical like Munich Disco conquered the world in the 70s and from, it was not somewhere else. And then you go back to the 20s, to the 30s, you go back to König Ludwig der Zweite times, you know. König Ludwig, they were inviting all... They didn't want to make war, these kings, the <laughs> in Bavaria. They were inviting Italian architects and <laughs> painters to, to make decorations. to build. So the DNA of Munich is very important for me. And uh, I think there's a lot of Munich spirit, old Munich spirit, <laughs> In that, what we are doing, in trying to do original own stuff, you know, to be a little bit anarchic, you mm-hmm. know, and giving a shit what other people think about us, you know. Um, and because we, if you try to do own stuff, you're gonna fail a lot of times. And people say, "Oh, that's not cool." Ah, see, I told you before, that's not gonna work. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. But you know what I mean. So, and this is a bit the old Munich spirit, and I'm happy that I have this in my in, in my in, in my thing, and it's a part of the DNA. Yeah.
0: I mean, like when when uh, when you invited me down to Munich, like for for <laughs> like DJing sessions and stuff, I always had the best of times. So it was always like weirder because also in that time, like people were basically, you know, like pointing their finger at Munich and go like, nothing's happening there, which obviously was couldn't be further away from the truth.
1: Munich is a fucking party town, much yeah. more than uh, Berlin. In the in the history now, no. of course, now it became a party town, but Berlin was, a, I don't want to say a war town, but if you go <laughs> to history, yeah, 300 years of, of Militaries of wars of dominating of of of, of Kaiser Wilhelm pff, very very Protestant very strong you know Munich is a Catholic town it's not not because we are religious or I'm but this is Catholicism is about you know drinking beer you know <laughs> the fattest people in Bavaria are the priests who make the great beer you know and they eat and and they used to Oktoberfest you know mm. that's the symbol of town of Munich is partying and mm. getting drunk and going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> making love to people that you don't know <laughs> you know, in the DNA and of course now it became the Google city and the Apple town because it's changing, it's crazy now yeah. what's happening, it's so much American money coming in this town, it's killing a bit the,
0: the vibe. Yeah, I can see that and Also like another thing, because you you brought the, the new Toytonics magazine with you what I always found super impressive you know like back in the in the Goma heyday, so to speak, you know like was this you, you you didn't need too much to decode, like, that, for example, like, Goma isn't about music only. You know, there was, like, so much more to it. There was, you know, like, there was a fashion aspect. There was an art aspect to it. Um, and I was wondering, you know, like, back in the days, like, with, um, you know, like, with Muku Borsche and with, with Pace mm. and, you know, Mr. Katsoulis, um was was it planned from the beginning to to have this kind of thing, you know, like which then culminates in exhibitions all over the world, or was that basically a very organic pro- process?
1: Yeah, as you say, this uh, Goma Records that we started in two thousand one, mm-hmm. something um, the label before, um, with Mirko Borsche and Thomas Katsoulis, they were doing all the images. Um, we were already like record digging, being in the whole nightlife starting electronic music scene observating everything getting into it and then we came to the point where we said hey we need to start a label now and do our own thing but we have to do it differently Uh, how can we do it so in the end we said we have to do what we love most and I had Mirko Borsche, who some people might know as a, you know, probably one of the biggest graphists in Germany. Back then, he was working for Süddeutsche Zeitung with Thomas Katzolis. Mm-hmm. They were graffiti guys getting into the publishing, graphic design stuff. We said, hey, guys, let's go together. Let's Let's try to make it differently. At this time, and also before, I think there was never a label doing what we started to do. Maybe labels used to do a little bit of merchandising and stuff. Maybe they did a poster or something. Mm. But we focused a lot of doing. Uh, we called it Amore poster magazine. Exactly. Exactly. We did exhibitions in in, in We've been to Japan with 032C mm. magazine and and Konstantin Gricic and did to show what we were doing as being. Uh, not a one disciplinary gang mm-hmm. but doing many we did exhibition i think in la in, in new york in san Sanfres- in, in 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 stockholm in different towns which didn't have a lot to do with music mm. because it was more about creating a whole world and that whole world between t-shirt design and 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 uh, and magazines and artworks that was always two. There was two ideas behind. Number one, it was with every item we wanted to try to set a new idea. I don't want to say a new trend, you know, mm-hmm. but to propose a new idea. Mm-hmm. It can be funny, stupid. I remember doing a lot of comics, yeah, in the Damn. early Goma days. But nobody was doing comics, you know. <laughs> you now you've got this like everywhere. <laughs> but I remember sitting with Mirko and Thomas, the designers. Mm. they're like, what can we do that really people will think, yeah? Why let's do comic stuff? Mm. And they were using, but back then people were try to be serious, you mm. know. And and you, you, what the fuck are you doing? You're you, you're ridiculizing your music. Mm. You said, no fucking, you know. So that was a bit the approach. Every time with every poster, with every record, with every cover, with every t-shirt to propose a new idea not knowing if it's good or bad if it's gonna last or it's gonna be thrown away you Mm. know but a little bit this and so musically and visually that was more or less on the same level Mirko and Thomas were with me on the visual Mm. thing big discussions, like crazy shit sometimes you know, <laughs> to find like, no, we cannot do, but it's cool. No, no, we mm. cannot because they did it already. No, okay, then we don't do it. We mm. do the opposite, you know, just mm. kind of, but this was a bit the idea to propose with every release a new idea, hoping that it becomes
0: something bigger. And now you you continue basically like the this, what do what you, back then, you know, it was about like planting seeds, so to speak. Um, and now like with Toy tonics, you know, there's the new Mac and then mm-hmm. there's a, a completely new generation of creatives like featured in there yeah. and also like the what you're doing for example like with with the merch for for Toytonics, you know the t- shirts and stuff it feels like much more like a real brand, so to speak than just like simply merch, so to speak
1: yeah yeah it's it's we we started with Toytonics now since a year to to work with a lot of uh, artists illustrators yeah we started this magazine uh, with 25 graphists in it we do mm-hmm. this regular artist collabo t-shirts with Y eBay the last one came out and uh, a lot of different people um, and but we didn't start like this maybe i should turn it differently we started the goma label around 2001 mm-hmm. we closed it in 2015 yeah we just stopped we didn't officially close it mm. but um, Uh, we just stopped and more more or less there we started Teutonics with a different crew also Um, Max was sitting here came two years ago and some other people the thing was with Goma it felt a little bit old for ourselves after 15 years Mm -hmm. we did so much stuff Uh, we traveled the world playing Goma parties all around Uh, we had this thing called type whatever on different levels then working with Lagerfeld then getting the shirt made with Colette then uh, all kinds of levels came. There was a moment where opportunities came, but then um, also labels started to to f- to come that were obviously or somehow influenced maybe by our attitude. Yeah, sure. And not one, then two, then more. And then I personally thought, like, for me, it feels a bit old now. I want to do something fresh every day. I need new things. Constantly, because I get bored and then I stop to work anything and I, I, I end up smoking spliffs too much. You know, so I better give you something new. <laughs> so I and in 2015, it felt a little bit like this. We told everything, we saw everything, we did everything. And probably a lot of people who are in this new music, art, underground street, whatever, knew us. And <laughs> so it made sense to close it and to start a new thing. Teutonic started as a pure music DJ thing, but it's evolving and in the beginning, it felt right not to do anything visually, just to do the contrary of what we did before. Mm-hmm. Yeah? But the last two, three years, that label grew so much, probably through Instagram, through mm. in the social new world. It, we have so many followers that at a certain point we said, hey, here, Max loves art, photography stuff. All of us are somehow in this, hey, let's start again, but differently mm-hmm. to get not out of the pure music thing into a whole vibe thing, because basically it's a vibe, yeah? I think the it's a growing, it's a development. The label today, it's different than three months ago, than seven months ago, and nobody knows how it's going to be in a year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, but not a radical change, but it's a very flowing change now. Yeah? And and um, somehow with all this quite big Teutonics fan base around the world and very, very like, these people we can't maybe communicating with them through Instagram and you see how they feel and how many people following and knowing what we do even better than ourselves (laughs) I love these stories like that's happening regularly like Whatever. We release a record and the next day somebody from Ecuador mails me that there's a mistake on the <laughs> on the cover <laughs> yeah? and I say thank you and he tells me hey and I look at his Instagram, wow the guy look. has great t-shirt design mm. so I ask him, he tells me about his friend in San Francisco he's studying and then mm. you know these things couldn't happen 20 mm. years ago, now they're happening. And so they're giving us like we're seeing the results of our ideas very fast mm-hmm. and that gives us the the confidence that uh, yeah the vibe we're doing the things we like the people we are friend with the people we are following the people we are discovering because we are all looking for new stuff all the day mm-hmm. that this what we like often gets liked too by the people who follow teutonics mm-hmm. yeah and so it makes sense to increase this yeah? right
0: uh, and but, what's the reason um that your your last release, which just came out recently uh is under your own name and not under monk um yeah um um
1: yeah, basically I'm a musician, but yeah. in the end, since 20 years, I'm a label maker, party organizer, t t-shirt designer, whatever, a lot of stuff. And the music is not the, the main thing. My own music is not the main thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I have more fun helping other people to get make great records together and put them out and look how this grows than doing my own music. I do music every day. I play the piano at home, but it's for my own stuff. I used to do music as Monk till 2015, mm-hmm. And I produced a lot of stuff here the Rammmelsey album peaches stuff whatever James Murphy midnight my you know mm-hmm. a lot of phenomenal handclap band. many bands I helped some sometimes much more sometimes less and I did three own albums but I closed that project in 2015 because it felt like also it's, it's old. officially done it's officially the last record okay. came out on Jennifer uh, Cardenese correspondent records. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was called, I don't give a fuck, (laughs) something like this. (laughs) I'm on it with a joint and it said like, okay, this is my uh, Mm. goodbye record. Uh, I think there's a Peaking Lights remix on it. No, Secret Circuit uh, uh, remix in a collaboration and Lauer did something on that Mm -hmm. record and it felt like, okay, goodbye. And I started to do a couple of records on Teutonics under another name, under the name of Capote. Mm -hmm which is my dance music name. And I need a little bit of this, because I need the, the different names, because somehow that was always also music made for a certain purpose, maybe, you know. I want to DJ, I want to DJ my own tracks. I love that sample, I want to make a track out of that, and I put it out as Capote. Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't know. It felt right to do an album now under my real name, because it was completely different process these tracks they're all slow tracks a lot of solos on it Mm -hmm. instrumental tracks and they have nothing to do with the club thing they don't have i don't know somehow they felt free and i thought it makes maybe sense to put it out under my name but i mean it's very difficult to explain
0: certain Hmm. things you do it because you feel them sure yeah all right i think that should do it Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you so much for having taken the time for for having this little chit chat with us here. Thank you Sven, uh, for the invitation. Uh, pleasure it was certainly, Mr. Modica. And then uh, hopefully we see us pretty soon in Neukölln. Absolutely. <laughs> Until then. Bye 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 bye.